You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets with Walker Mail and Nada Edwards, and I'm here to tell you that the holidays are finally behind us, which means it's time to catch up on some much-needed sleep. CBD PM blends 500 milligrams of high-quality CBD with melatonin, valerian root, chamomile, and other sleep-promoting ingredients to create a powerful and effective sleep aid from CBDMD. And if you want to relax a little before bed, their new CBD bath salts fuse superior CBD with Epsom, Dead Sea, and Himalayan salts to turn any bath into a luxury experience and are available also in lavender or eucalyptus scents as well as a soothing nighttime blend with melatonin and calming herbs and to make it even easier to get the year started off right they're offering all our listeners 20% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout once again that's cbdmd.com promo code NBA for 20% off your purchase of superior CBD products from CBDMD. All of that sounds delightful. I would love to take a lot of that and relax and go to sleep well. Even though there are a bunch of ingredients that I have trouble pronouncing, I feel like I did a pretty good job at promoting some of that stuff. That was a good job. And also, it's kind of tough to go through some of the ingredients that they have. So there you go. CBDMD. Check it out. Again, promo code NBA. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. Follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Hornets. Follow me on Twitter at Walker Mail. Follow Nada on Twitter at Nada the Scribe. A couple of updates we're going to inform you on that actually just came through as of this recording within the last five minutes. So they're very fresh to us. I'm sure you will have heard of them. Possibly you will have heard of them as you listen to this podcast. We'll mention that in just a moment. I want to talk about some potential trades the Charlotte Hornets can make. And if there's one team out there that seems to be the perfect fit for a variety of trades, the Hornets could pull the trigger on later on. And also I want to mention a story on LaMelo Ball, how good he's been this season, why you see him so far ahead of the pack amongst all rookies and a bunch of different stats that's coming up in the second segment. So a lot to get to today here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. First thing I want to update everyone on. James Borrego Nada says that Cody Zeller participated in today's live practice, which about went about 20 to 25 minutes. It's been a long time since we've seen Cody Zeller back on the court. We know about his injury history. It's been kind of brutal for him in his career, certainly worse in spots than others. But we do see now that uh, Cody Zeller, he came back was live for about 20 or 25 minutes. That's big news, especially with the uh, lack of big guys that they have on the roster. Yeah, no, it's absolutely big. And it's it fits within the timeline. He got hurt, what, on the 23rd? That was a four- to six-week injury. So I guess we're in the last two weeks of of the injury, and he should be back. Not this week. Again, I don't think Friday's possible. Maybe late next week? That's not necessarily a bad thing to have a reinforcements and it, I don't think it's going to slow down with small ball or the um, micro B lineup, as we like to call it. But at the same time, I do think that it's going to be really cool to have another big out there that knows what he's doing, that can guard the pick and roll and limit business minutes to the 10, 15 that he actually is very, very effective rather than 10, 15 effective business minutes. And then the, the rest of the time, you're just holding you're watching the game through your eyes because you're scared. That's the only yeah, the offense. 
the, the offensive rating, it's a lot worse for the Charlotte Hornets when Biz is on the floor compared to when he's not on the floor. And it's what's led them to actually having a nice offensive rating when P.J. Washington is playing the five. So, not I got you feeling pretty good with the Cody Zeller news, right? That's feel, that makes you feel at least pretty decent? It makes me feel okay. It makes me yeah. feel like there's another big. We don't have to. We don't have to start screaming, go play the rookie bigs because none of us want that. We don't. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm glad I got you feeling pretty good because now I'm going to bring you right back down. I gave you the good news first, which is something that I don't feel like anybody really asked for. They always ask for the bad news first, and that's the kind of route I like to go. But I gave you the good news first. Here's the bad news. PJ also has a minor ankle injury, and he sat out of this live scrimmage. Now, it's not devastating news. It's a minor ankle injury. That's what it's described. I saw Rick Bennell put this on his Twitter feed. So hopefully he can come back and play Friday against Chicago. But I guess there's a shot. If he sat out this live scrimmage, maybe they're just making sure everything's okay. And perhaps this long rest is actually very beneficial, not only to Gordon Hayward, who's experienced a couple of things he's um, it's been kind of nagging him. Maybe this is a big benefit for PJ to be on this kind of rest. But he did not practice in the live scrimmage they had today. We also know that P.J. Washington kind of had this ankle injury, what, a couple of weeks ago? Not of it was able to give it a go anyway. So maybe they're just kind of resting him a little bit more and he's able to suit up against Chicago on Friday. Yeah, no, I think he's going to be fine. I think like the more I'm reading it, because I'm reading it after that. And Borrego said the injury was minor. So I'm assuming that if this was a game, P.J. would be able to go. So I'm not worried about this ankle injury. It gives you a little bit of cause for pause. But at the same time, I, I'm fairly certain that we're going to see P.J. Washington at the four to, on, on Friday against the Bulls. So this I'm not ready yet to say again, nothing to see here. These are not the droids you're looking for. Let's get to talking some trades, Walker. How about that? Um, well, we can. First, I want to ask you if you were inspired by Amanda Gorman today by your little rhyme, maybe short poem by saying there's there's a cause for pause. I didn't know if you were inspired by Gorman today. Is that true? No comment. <laughs> I just didn't know if you were trying your no hand in poetry. No, no, no. I didn't it's know too late that was for something. me. Again, I, here's the thing, Walker. I'm too old to try start a third career at this point. I've already done gonna, two. The two mm-hmm. is enough. At this point, I'm too old to start a third career. Thank you very much. All right. We'll keep you here on this podcast. We'll have this be a part of your just wildly successful career. Uh, let's talk about trades in the next segment. I actually want to talk to everyone about Built Bar for the time being. We actually talked about this yesterday. We're going to continue to talk about it because Built Bar, they hooked us up fat, except we're being thin when we eat these Built Bars. Yes, you don't have are. to have any shame whatsoever when you eat these energy bars that practically taste like dessert but they're only 180 calories per bar and they've got amazing flavors. You already know where the Barcia bros, Barcia boys, lemon almond cheesecake. It's up there. I had that yesterday. It's fantastic. I'm going to have a caramel brownie later on to get ready for uh, tonight broadcast that I got broadcasting the Queens game against Tusculum. Queens is awesome, by the way, but so is Built Bar. Plus, they are great for the health conscious guy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in that delicious treat I keep talking about. They're low calorie, they're low sugar, they're high protein, they're high fiber. And if you're on the keto diet, it's great for that too. If you want a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last, then you can go to BuiltBar.com. You can also use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Is there one team that the Charlotte Hornets seem to be destined to make a trade with this season? We talk about it next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. 
All I have to go off of is write-ups and highlights and some video tidbits on Twitter because I was not able to watch this game. Tidbits, like are, tidbits? That's a, well, it's a great word, tidbits. It, I mean, that's just a, a funny word. word, tidbits. I want to use it every single day. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. And if you're betting this year and want more of those wins, listen to Locked on Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. You can subscribe to Locked on Bets wherever you get your podcast. Nada, let's talk about some of the trades that have been kind of tossed around for the Charlotte Hornets. And it really all started when we got that big mega trade with James Harden going from the Houston Rockets to the Brooklyn Nets. The reason it all started doesn't have anything to do with James Harden or anything like that. But what it does have to do with, it's the Cleveland Cavaliers who nodded to me. They're the number one team thrown out there. And it seems like that is the tender match. It seems like that's the franchise that the Charlotte Hornets are destined to trade with this season because not only did the Charlotte Hornets need a big guy, even with Cody Zeller coming back from injury here soon, mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't negate their no, need no, for this a big doesn't, guy. Cody Zeller doesn't stop this at all, and it should. Yes. So, and, and even if I think Cody is much significantly better than Biz, it doesn't mean that they couldn't use another big guy. The Cleveland Cavaliers have a decent amount that could be expendable. Larry Nance Jr. I think is one of the more popular additions that could be a part of the Charlotte Hornets. We know Andre Drummond has been tossed around for a couple of years. I I don't know how well-founded those rumors ever were. Um, I would still like to stay very far away from Andre Drummond, but there is another, I guess, possibility. I don't even know how you'd make the money work. It's probably not nearly as big of a possibility. Um, I don't even think Jarrett Allen is really, truly a possibility because I think Cleveland wants him. No, Cleveland clearly wants him. They they traded assets (laughs) for him. They traded a Milwaukee first for him. They want him. He's not going anywhere. Yeah, which was always weird. There was a lot of people, like enough people on my timeline, at least, that were talking about the Hornets. Hey, you should go after Jarrett Allen, even after the trade was made. That had me scratching my head and felt the need to say, Cleveland's keeping him, and they they should. Yeah. It was wise to keep him. Um, so Jarrett Allen's not going to be the guy. It seems like Larry Nance Jr., not a, that might be somewhat of a popular big guy that the Charlotte Hornets could get, or a JaVale McGee. Now, that's another veteran who <laughs> torched the Charlotte Hornets, and, and that's right, torched, torched. the Charlotte drop, Hornets drop in the, the season Kareem debut. Dual Jabbar skyhook on him, if I'm oh, not mistaken. I, why that? Uh, look, I don't watch every single NBA game every single night. I'm sure there are weird performers. Mm-hmm. I just feel like the Charlotte Hornets have to be up there as far as getting weird performers from the opposing team. Yes. You know, we, we've had our Boban Marjanovic struggles. And now we have our JaVale McGee struggles. That guy looked awesome. And it took a running half court shot at the shot clock in order for him to miss one field goal in the first half. Anyway, JaVale could be a guy that the Charlotte Hornets are interested in. So what are the chances you think, Nada, that there might be a package, might be a deal that could be made between the Hornets and the Cleveland Cavaliers in exchange for one of those big guys, presumably a Larry Nance or a JaVale McGee? Here's the thing. I don't. See, because I'm just looking at the standings right now, and again, granted, looking at the standings 13 games in on 72-game season is kind of dumb. I get that. But the Cleveland Cavaliers are 6-7. and seven. The Hornets are 6-8. and eight. Why would the Cleveland Cavaliers help out the Hornets who could basically put them in the playoff playing game if they get the right kind of center? 
So unless you're talking about giving up legitimate picks, legitimate assets, I don't see Andre Jum- Drummond going to the Hornets because it hurts the Cavs. I don't see Larry Nance doing that either. Like mm-hmm. the question I the team I'm looking at, honestly. So to, to answer your question, not good. But the team I'm looking at, and I keep looking at them for some reason, is Chicago. And I think if Chicago tends to be this hot and cold team with Billy Donovan and this being year one and everything else like that, and they still haven't figured out who they want to keep, who they don't, Wendell Carter Jr. feels like a better name for me. You know what I mean? Well, now you're, well, now you're talking about big boy moves. I mean, the McGee and the Nance trade, that's not a huge move. Even if you like Larry Nance quite a bit for the Hornets, it, that's not taking a real asset there. Now you're talking about trading a first-round pick or something pretty substantial to go get Wendell Carter from the Chicago Bulls. And that's why I don't think that's the, mo- the more likely team. I, I know you've, you've always had a crush on Wendell Carter, though. Like, this yeah. is your guy. Wendell Carter, <laughs> Wendell Carter would fix everything. Wendell Carter would put, I feel confident in saying, Wendell Carter and properly ingratiated into the system, especially with the ball movement of this team, he would fit so well. He would, oh my God, he would fit so well, Walker. It's like at that point, he makes perfect sense for this team. I understand why you're talking about a first round pick, but I'm starting to see the bigger thing I I just keep coming back to, honestly, is why on earth are the Chicago, are, are the Cleveland Cavaliers going to help the Charlotte Hornets? Um. Well, and maybe because they see the benefit of making some kind of trade with them too, not necessarily giving them a big guy, but there's another name that's interesting because of the news that broke earlier this week. And it's the fact that Kevin Porter Jr., their first round pick from a year ago, barely sneaking into the first round after a lot of people projected he could be a lottery pick, but he barely sneaks in. The Cleveland Cavaliers take him. He has a really good rookie season. I think he looked very good last season, but there have been some problems with Kevin Porter Jr., off of the court. In fact, Kevin Porter Jr. has not played this season because he was dealing with some personal issues and the Cleveland Cavaliers were allowing him some time to get over that as well as him um, and, and as well as them just kind of working with him. So he's had he's not played this season because of the personal issues. He grew angry when he entered the locker room recently and realized that the team gave his old locker to Toreen Prince, who Mm -hmm. came over in that trade when James Harden went to Brooklyn. And uh, that was a guy that was acquired um, just last week. All of this happened on Wednesday. So literally a week ago, not all this happened. Sources said Porter, whose locker was moved to the wall where the younger end of bench players reside, began yelling and at one point threw food. So this is the second time somebody was in the Cleveland Cavaliers uniform. Was it French like, 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 like J.R. Smith? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what kind of soup it was. But there was some food that was thrown, and eventually Kobe Altman, the general manager, came into the locker room, and he confronted Kevin Porter. Uh, Kevin Porter apparently said some things back at Kobe Altman, and, and it doesn't seem like this is a situation that's too salvageable. In the end, he's expected to get traded or released um, after this entire thing happened. By the way, all of this comes from Jason Lloyd, Joe Varden, and maybe a few other reporters, a part of The Athletic, who's all reporting on this. So not a, here, here's what I ask. Kevin Porter Jr., I, I, I loved what he did, his rookie season with the Cleveland Cavaliers. You also know, but speaking of crushes, Both of us. he was certainly, mm-hmm. yeah, 
Yeah, both of us really liked what Kevin Porter Jr. could do on the basketball court. I think a lot of NBA Twitter really liked what KPJ could do. Now, he was more of a polarizing NBA Twitter guy. The ability was clearly there. Um, I think maybe you were worried about a few things, even on the basketball court, maybe defensively. You know, maybe you didn't think that he was was doing a ton there. I don't know. But I know that me and you both loved him. The, yes. the first step is kind of crazy. The athleticism is very good. The shot was good enough for me to believe in it um, and had a good again. He was the most promising of the rookies last year. I think like when you're talking about all the rookies that played for them last year, he was the guy that most people felt the best about. And because of stuff that's happened just with him personally, Cleveland is willing to trade him or release him. Here's what I ask you. Oftentimes you see these change of scenery trades between, yes. you know, teams that have young prospects that it just hasn't worked out for, but still the talent is pretty tantalizing. Could you see something like a Kevin Porter Jr. coming to the Hornets for a Malik Monk who immediately gets brought to the bench after getting some significant playing time the game before, makes a mistake, immediately brought to the bench and he's done? Could you see a package maybe like a KPJ for Malik Monk and, you know, who, whatever filler you want to throw in there? Could you see those two guys being the centerpieces of a potential trade between the two teams? I don't know. Like, I, I've been struggling with this because you're not the first person to ask me this question. My father was the first one to ask me this question. And I told him, like, there's a part of me that believes that you don't want to be the second team on in on KPJ. You want to be the third. Like, because the second team is going to be the ones that don't really learn the lesson. And KPJ is not going to realize he needs time away from, from the team and time away from basketball to get whatever is with him mentally. And I believe that he's do he's documented having at least PTSD, if not depression. So there's that complication to all of this. There is, uh, first things first, I don't see, I, I, I don't, just don't see any team trading for KPJ right now because no one's going to want to put that kind of, he's a guaranteed contract for right now. Do I see teams picking him up on waivers? Absolutely. Do I see the Hornets picking him up on waivers? Absolutely. It just becomes the who's going to go in that one's got to go in that situation. I do see a scenario in which they find a taker from Monk and they decide to take someone else. Again, Father Borrego's home for wayward boys on the bench gets one one more deep with Kevin Porter Jr., who we both love. Yeah, I would do it. I'm just not sure I would trade for him. I would wait till he hits waivers. Yeah, Kevin Porter Jr. is good. And I think what we saw from him last year, we were both, maybe it's a little confirmation bias, but it seemed like he had a good rookie season. And not a, these guys that are this talented that actually somewhat delivered on that talent as soon as their first year in the NBA, they don't become available for pennies on the dollar. It, you know, I mean, you could potentially pick this guy up off of the street because Cleveland is deciding to let him go and not actually trade him. If, if teams feel that the Cleveland Cavaliers have such little leverage because it's already been reported that they could release him if they don't find a trade, then, you know, to, to be able to get somebody of that caliber off of waivers, I don't feel like you find those types of players all that often. It, there obviously is a huge risk because at 20 years old, Kevin Porter Jr., even with the type of year that he had, clearly Cleveland should be interested in that from a basketball standpoint. 
And yet they're still saying, nope, we're good. We're going to find a way to trade or release Kevin Porter Jr. And then you see these comments from coach JB Bickerstaff. And what he's saying is, quote, um, I genuinely believe we did our best to make it work so I can rest easy with that. And again, all we want is the best for him moving forward. No matter what that looks like, we want the best for Kevin. And that's the only thing that really matters, that he reaches his potential. That's the only thing that really matters to us. He would also say, um, I still feel that we want to have him be successful. So whatever it is that happens in the future for him, I, I hope nothing but the best for him. Um, and, and he feels good about their ability at trying to get the most out of him. Not like when you see a coach that seems to feel very easy about trying to get the best from Kevin Porter Jr. as much as possible. And then something like a locker room or a locker change is enough to set him off and lead to this altercation. It, that does scare you. It does. I, it, it, it does. And I don't know what Kevin Porter Jr. is dealing with off of the court. That could be serious, a little bit more serious. I have to imagine that that's the reason he slipped so far in the first round because we do know at the um, at last uh, the, the last college season that he had, the only college season that he had, he actually missed a couple of games because of conduct issues. Now, that's that is literally only a couple of games that he missed, but you know, he was suspended for a couple of uh, games for those conduct issues. So I don't know. I, I, I know that I love the way he plays. Yeah, no. <laughs> I know that it's really, really, really tantalizing. No, like I get it. Uh, I, again, I believe in the kid. I think he is a incredibly talented kid who just has to figure out the stuff upstairs and emotionally and doing that. And the fact that, and uh, the crazy thing is Walker a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, I'd have been like, no, no, the culture's too fra fragile. The culture can't handle it. The Charlotte Hornet culture. Now I'm like, yo, bring him on. We have a lot of kids here that we have a lot of guys. I, the, I trust the coaching staff. And if he was one of those guys that came in and was like, okay, cool, we're going to, we're going to take you on, but you're going to be going to the Greens, uh, Greensboro, um, not Greensboro, but you're going to be going down to Orlando with the Greensboro Swarm for a little bit just to get shots up, get the, get playing time and just out and get away from everybody else. I would mm -hmm. be completely here for that. And right now, well, and, I think that's it. Go ahead. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the other thing I have and look, I don't. I don't know how to, I don't know what's going on. Nobody really does besides the people that were within that locker room, but Kevin Love is still a part of that organization. And Kevin Love is someone that has been very public with his uh, problems with mental health. And he's actually been somebody that's been outspoken about that. And I don't know if that's a relationship that could have been solidified between the two where Kevin uh, would have been able to help Kevin Porter Jr. with whatever he's going through. And not all mental health problems are created equal. Not all health problems are created equal. I don't know if that means Kevin Love could have helped him with that. All I know is that Kevin Love has been very public in the fact that he understands this is a problem. He's acknowledged that he's had that problem. And you would think that would be a type of guy that could help younger players get through whatever that is. I also like some of the leaders that's on this team. Terry Rozier. Hello. Uh, that guy's become a fantastic leader of this team where a lot of people have looked up to him. Maybe you feel good about Terry Rozier. Um, Abismack Biombo, who is the constant leader mm -hmm. on this um, in this NBA franchise. Maybe Biz and Terry Rozier could help out Kevin Porter Jr. I, I don't know about Gordon Hayward, how vocal he is, how much of a leader he is, but maybe he's somebody else. Either way, um, yeah, there's, there's enough I, support. There is yeah. absolutely more than enough support 
around the Charlotte Hornets to where this absolutely could and should work. Should the Hornets want to bring him in? And even then, like, and I, I guess the other thing is we've talked about everything else but the roster fit. So we're talking about you're going to have to get rid of at least one Cody Martin, one one of the Martin twins. And w- what about Grant Riller, the guy you just drafted? There's that part, too. Yeah. Um, like the roster yeah. fit is kind of wonky. In- well, and, and I'd be, you know, you, you're you're taking Kevin Porter. Jr. If it's just talent, you're taking Kevin Porter Jr. all day long of over course. a Grant Riller, even though I, I really like the Grant Riller pick. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. I want to get to the LaMelo ball topics that we had for today. Maybe we'll save it for tomorrow. I have no clue, but I do know one thing I want to mention today for sure. And that's rockauto.com. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other important things like the mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50% or even a hundred percent more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So again, I ask you, why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. They have all the parts your car will ever need. It's all at rockauto.com. Cool Lamella uh, cool Ball stats coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. SGA, 20 points, 20 rebounds, triple-double. I don't have a question. Oh, I just wanted to throw yeah, that yeah, in the middle of the arena. God almighty. Oh, oh, that knife. It hurt. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. It's small market meets big market Wednesdays on the Locked on NBA podcast. Join Jake Madison of the Locked on Pelicans podcast and John Corrales of Locked on Celtics for a look at the NBA week from all angles. You can subscribe to the Locked on NBA podcast today, wherever you get your podcast. So cool story on LaMelo Ball, Nada. And we were looking at this, this story written um, by Frank Jackson, I believe. Uh, Jackson Frank, excuse me, man. Two front of two first names. Yes, exactly. Again, Jackson's a dime dime hive. So yeah, he's a good dude. Yeah. Yeah. Jackson Frank, who wrote this story, you know, I've had that problem before too, where people have told me that I, my last name is actually a first name, and my first name is sounds at least like a last oh, name, geez. where people would kind of pronounce it Mel, and instead, oh. Mel is my last name, and Walker is my first. Either way, I know the pain, <laughs> Mr. Jackson Frank. Um, wrote a really good story. I, I advise everybody to go check it out. This is on Fansided, again, by Jackson Frank. A really nice, in-depth look on LaMelo Ball. A lot of really cool things in there. A lot of really cool stats. He actually has a couple of video clips. I, I I found this to be awesome, entertaining, informative, great stuff. You know, one of the things I did want to mention was if, if you got rid of all of the LeVar Ball skepticism surrounding him, yes. right, which never should have been there in the first place, we both agree. But if you get rid of all of that, the other knocks on LaMelo Ball, just strictly from a prospect evaluation standpoint on the court, for me and for, I would imagine, many others, it was the jump shot. It was the ability to shoot deep. And even if he had shown that ability to hit from the three-point range, you, you did worry about the form, which 
it, you still have somewhat of, you know, both hands kind of opening up towards the basket every once in a while. He's got that weird leg kick every once in a while where he doesn't seem to be on balance. And it was scary to me. It doesn't mean that it couldn't be fixed, but it was scary coming into all of this. And he actually writes a little bit about that deeper into the story that he has on LaMelo. So here's something he says. Uh, Jackson Frank says, quote, I charted his 62 non-heave threes this season and classified the lower body landing mechanics into two categories, landing on two feet without any lower body sway and landing on one foot or two feet with sway. The results are based on my own rough eye test, but generally establish a roadmap for his shooting success. Here's the numbers he found. He says, quote, LaMelo is 14 of 36. That's 39 percent mm-hmm. when landing on two feet without sway and eight of 26, that's 31%, when he sways his lower body at all and lands on one foot or two feet. Now, we talked about this in the preseason. I think that was something in the second preseason yep. game actually hit some shots, and I believe the first one was from the corner. It's this little set shot. He doesn't get a lot of air. I mean, LaMelo, besides that dunk that he had against Toronto, it's not somebody that plays above the rim. It's not someone that's wowing you with his ability to jump out of the gym, even though I think he's got some of that in him. Either way, the set shot looked good, and he didn't do that weird right leg kick out thing when he shoots it, and it went in. And it seems like he keeps going back and forth between that form. And that's something Jackson Frank took notice of as well. I think the good news about all of that is one, he's shown an ability to hit from deep. I mean, you know, even if you're worried about it, like I was, he has shown enough times. Okay. There's touch there. I, you, you can, I feel a lot more comfortable with what he's done shooting the basketball so far than I thought I would. But also if you feel like you can coach these mechanics correctly and say, Hey, Lamelo, see how you're making a higher percentage of your shots doing it this way. Let's really focus on doing it this way to where it becomes second nature. And then we'll see if we can get that up to not a, at least being 36% on the year yeah. um, or on his career. And at that point, lights out, you feel great about him as a prospect, even more so than you already do. Like we already love LaMelo ball here, but I, I thought that was interesting from uh, Jackson Frank. No, it was very interesting to hear from Jackson Frank and also like the data, just the amount, like I'm glad he charted that, that, one stat though the sway because the sway if he gets rid of that and remember it's fair to guess that if he had an actual full training camp and a summer league that that sway might have been coached out of him by now and he it may help getting be getting coached out of him as we speak right now with five days like the thing that 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 article basically picked up for me was that the the kid's good, and imagine how good he would have been if he had a full training camp. I think mm-hmm. that's the I, I biggest thing that I came away with is that he would legitimately be a triple double threat every night. Just well, and, that. yeah, and you're and you're not getting that. It's not like Russell Westbrook or James Harden or Luka Doncic or, or people like that. But he's got that possibility of getting a triple double every single night, and that's a lot of fun to see in the uniform that you pull for. Another interesting stat we were talking about before we started recording, Nada, and it makes total sense. It does. This is what um, one of the paragraphs that he has at the beginning of his story. He says, "Lamelo simply understands how to play the game and processes events on the floor at a rate much quicker than other young players." And his 49.6% true shooting, while ghastly on the surface, is also that of a rookie saddled with a hefty on-ball workload, illuminated 
by the fact that a team that uh, illuminated by the fact a team high 45.2% of the field goals are unassisted. So you see that from LaMelo, it makes total sense. I mean, this is not somebody that's playing off ball. It's not someone that, you know, is, is getting set up for catch and shoot threes all that much, even though he's actually been pretty decent at that. I believe 36% he's shooting on catch and shoot threes this season. You can see that the, when LaMelo scores, it's really all of his creation yeah. and not a shot creation is huge when becoming a star on the perimeter in this league. And that's awesome to see that LaMelo has that capability within him. And it's why he's so far ahead of a lot of different rookies in a lot of these, you know, the Raptor stats that you get, the net rating, the total points added, you know, you can take that for as much validation as you want. You might brush that off your shoulder. You might completely buy into that. I'm just telling you what it is. I think you're, you're seeing LaMelo Ball separate himself from a lot of other rookies in those areas, and I, I think it's legitimate. I think LaMelo clearly has shown that he's one of the best rookies already and is certainly in the uh, yeah, um, in the lead for rookie of the year. Absolutely, absolutely. And the funny thing is we're only through 13 games. Imagine what happens when he has a break and has a time to – like I think that's the big thing I want to hit home is he's doing this with a very short offseason. Imagine what happens when the all-star break hits and he can look at film and do this, that, and the third. Imagine what happens when that second half of the schedule hits and he can figure out all this other stuff and get into the, like, really get into the lab and really get into the working on this stuff. This is going to be a scary, scary rookie campaign and scary in a good way. We haven't had a kid like this. And I would say since, again, I know Rick has said since Larry Johnson, we haven't had a guard like this since Baron Davis. And he's explosive in a whole different manner than Baron was explosive. But to have that kind of guy right now in Charlotte for at least the next five years, that's pretty awesome. And I know, Nada, you wanted to talk about one other stat before we end today. Michael Pina put out there on Twitter that Charlotte's assist rate is currently 73.6%. That's higher than any team in at least 24 years. An absolute ridiculous stat for the Charlotte Hornets. He also goes to write, LaMelo Ball is a big reason why, but the team's selfless style goes well beyond their rookie phenom. Again, 73.6% assist rate for the Hornets this year, highest in more than two decades. Uh, how cool is that stat to you? Not, I know you were. A big that was fan a cult. Th that's a culture stat. Like you want to talk about the culture? What is JB's culture? That's a culture stat right there. Sharing the ball, one of the least isolation teams. Again, least ISO heavy teams in the league. Move the ball, get it to the guys that can that can score. A lot of the catch and shoot that Terry does is off of this. Like this is when we when we talk about watching the hornets is really really fun really really entertaining this year as compared to other years we're talking about a team that shoots scores and passes and does it well they don't defend well they defend okay but when they score when it's warm when the ball gets warm 75% of their made made buckets 75% uh, of their buckets are assisted is pretty dope and the fact that it's taken 20 years to get this kind of ball movement, at least this early, is fairly awesome also to see.
Yeah. So uh, unfortunate that we couldn't get a game against the Wizards tonight because of their COVID-19 protocols. They're having to follow them. So that game is postponed. But hopefully we can see this game between the Hornets and the Bulls played on Friday. That wraps up this edition of Locked on Hornets. Thanks again to CBDMD for supporting the show. Thanks to you guys for supporting the show as always. Tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked on NBA on um, or, or Hollinger and Duncan rejecting the screen. Any show on the Locked on Podcast Network. Have a great day. We'll be back with you tomorrow.